conversations that speak to every color of who you are. This is Jen Tringale, and you're listening to the Jen Tringale Podcast. Hello there, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Jen Tringale. I'm so delighted that you are listening to the podcast this month, and I pray that this speaks directly to where you are at. I have been hearing all around me and really even seeing this play out in my own life where there is such a contending even as we are all stepping in to promised land places. We knew that this comes with the territory, right? That there's always symbolically giants in the land. And just because there is a contending doesn't mean that it's not ours to be had. It's not something God given or a part of our destiny or where we're meant to stand. But he has equipped us for not just the contending, but the winning. I want to take you into a service where I spoke to these things really out of fresh, bread-breaking revelation that we have been living out of here in this ministry that I'm called to in my own life and sharing this among peers, that this is the call of heaven to you and I right now, even as we are standing, waiting to see the fulfillment of these promised land places that God has given us. There's things he's wanting to say, and there's things he's wanting to show us. I have to tell you that this service that we're going to go into was hallmarked by the presence of God in a significant way. It was one that I don't know that I will ever forget. And so I just want to encourage you that as you listen to this right now, make sure that there is a space cleared for you to really hear And for God to speak to you, even through the words that come out of my mouth, that there would be tailor-made direction that would come to you. Create a space in your heart and in your mind to really hear as heaven would call you to hear. I want to take you right now into this service and let this speak to where you are. Different seasons in your life will bring a different kind of of contending. I remember when I was a teenager and we were kind of laughing last night in the back about some of these things. But, you know, I've shared with you all, I, I grew up, you know, a church kid. But I remember hitting those ages when God was wanting to have residence in the deep of me. And there was a certain kind of contending for the deep in me as a teenager. And I grew up in and come from a very musical family. We all love music. Um, I have um, relatives that they've been on the highest grossing world tours, uh, concert, pop music. Um, I have relatives that have been signed to major record deals and are, you know, just studio musicians and and we we love music it's just 
part of our family. When we get together for family gatherings, at some point we're all going to sit around and just start going, did you hear this? Did you hear this? Did you hear this? And we, and it's precious. We love it. It's part of our heritage. But because of that, music is very, it's influential for all of us. It's the gateway to the soul. But uh, those sounds are a big deal. And if you're prone to that, you got to be aware of that because it can be transportation for you in the spirit, but it can also be transportation for you in the soul. So anyway, I'm a teenager, you know, and I just, I loved pop music. And uh, my parents were pretty, you know, selective. They were careful. Thank God I didn't have the internet then. Oh, my word. Parents, I'm starting a prayer group for you. I mean, it's no joke raising teenagers in 2023. But um, so I love pop music, and, and it was just, you know, fluffy stuff. It was like, you know, the beginning days of Whitney Houston and, and, um, and Gloria Estefan. And um, for a birthday or something, a friend of mine at a friend party had given me a, a, a Gloria Estefan CD. And, you know, it was fun. All my friends, we'd sing the one, two, three, four. Well, so it's just all, all these songs. And so, you know, I'd just be hanging out in my room and I'd play my Christian stuff and play it. And then I'd put in my Gloria Estefan CD. And, and, uh, and these songs, the soulical longing and the ache in these songs... I don't know how to explain it, but it was contending for a deep place in me. And I had to come to terms with this knowing that if I continued to yield to that, that it was going to alter the course of my destiny. It was going to get a place in me that was going to remove me from the deep spiritual place that the Lord had for me. Now, I can't explain to you why some other music didn't have that effect on me, but he was showing me I knew this one did. Man, I like that. It's my Gloria Estefan. It's my one, two, three, four song, you know? And, uh, and what's the big deal? But those other ones, man. And I remember finally having to get on my knees in my room, and I held that CD with Gloria Estefan's precious little face. So, I've heard she's a very kind woman. <laughs> but I, I got on my knees at the end of the bed and I held that CD and I, and I said, Lord, I don't think this woman is evil. And I, I don't think this came from an evil place. But I know you're telling me it's not okay for me. And so I'm going to put it on the altar to you. And I, I had, I mean, back in that day, we had good old-fashioned CD breaking, tape burning. Remember that? Man, those were some powerful you services. <laughs> and then you'd take your thing and you'd go to the cross and you'd nail it to the cross and you'd burn CDs. And, and so I remember taking that CD out of that case, and it, and it was significant for me. Just snapped that thing. Whew. 
It was a specific kind of contending at that season in my life for the deep of me. Now, as I've matured as a woman, that contending for the deep in me has changed. Just like it's changed for you. I don't know what that is for you right now that would contend for the deep of you. But what I'm telling you is that your destiny does hang in the balance of it. Because the deep of you is where that seed that we've been speaking emerge is going to come up out of you. And we have to protect it. Mark chapter 4 in verse 26, it's the parable of the, of the seed and the sower. And it simply says, the, the sower sows the word and the soil is our If you brought your Bibles, turn to uh, the book of John, chapter 14. I want to just highlight something to you, and, and then we're just going to move with this. John, chapter 14, verses 16 and 17. And for this, I'm going to read it out of the um, NIV. It says, And I will ask the Father, and he'll give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Verse 17, who's he speaking of? The Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. For the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. What does that next verse say? But you know him. He lives with you and he will be in you. You know, for righteousness, who you are in Christ to flow, you need to know who you are. But for fellowship with the Holy Spirit to flow, you need to know that intimacy with God is already given to you. Now, I want you to pause with me, especially if you're a career Christian. We have made a mistake trying to grow close to God. Communication and intimacy with the Spirit of God is a gift He gives. And when you got born again, He gave it to you. We've made a mistake trying to grow to hear God. Pastor Joel read that verse this morning. What did he say? The sheep hear my voice. You couldn't earn salvation and you can't earn fellowship with God. Now you can grow in it. You can yield to it just like you grow in your salvation and you yield to it. But intimacy and fellowship is the gift that he's already given you. That word fellowship um, in the New Testament, the Greek word is koinonia. There's only one kind. It's an, it's an intimate knowing. It's a sitting down, not in a group meeting but in a, in a one-on-one where the setting is set and he comes and he says, this is the gift I've given you, fellowship with me, intimacy with me. Intimacy has been defined as into me see. 
Who knows you better than the one that made you? You can't earn intimacy with God. You can't earn fellowship with God. And that's why we have so much broken communication between men and women of God. And the spirit of God is because we're trying to figure it out and work it out and eke it out. And we're trying to fast it out. And we're trying to praise it out. And we're trying to... And sometimes I just... Sometimes I I feel like the spirit of God is just going, calm. I preached in this church. Well, I won't say it what state it is, but I mean, I came in for this night meeting straight from the airport and it place was packed and I came in and I mean, they were like in my flight was delayed. They'd been going for like an hour. And by the time I got in there, they were in such a spiritual sweat. It was like, man, hearing them taking every mountain, break every chain, and man, come on, people. We, and you could just tell the people were like, yes, <laughs> we got to do this. And you could, the worship leader's about to pop a blood vessel, and the <laughs> pastor's pumping on me, and don't stop now. And, and I just walked in, and I was like, it's so accosting. And I just walked in and I was like, Holy Spirit, is this what you want to do? And the Holy Spirit was just... It finally came time. They were so glad I was finally there. Introduced me. (laughs) Gave me the microphone and they're just... (laughs) And it was all I had. I just got up and so good to be here and and I just just walked around a little bit and just smiled. It was like, decompress, people. You have worked yourselves into a spiritual fit. And I want to say, and God's not in it. <laughs> Calm down. And I have to, I was so proud of this group because that's just the flow that they knew. And God uses that flow when the Spirit of God's on it? Absolutely. I, I love that flow, but that's not the only flow. And the whole, the Spirit of God came in and shifted that meeting on a dime. And the whole meeting, because they needed the other side. The whole meeting just stayed in this peace, be still, intimate place. And that's a sharp right turn to take for a group that's used to the other. But do you know that they yielded to it? And they flowed in it. And God did so much in that meeting. And I thought, this is very different from this crowd. And when the meeting was over, the pastoral uh, staff came in. And it was a young staff. And the pastors were in there. And the staff burst in the back room. And they said, this is the best meeting we ever had. I thought, yeah, you people are exhausted. That's why. Why? Because there's things in the deep. And if we're just going through our spiritual gyrations because we think that's what's necessary, you know, you can look real spiritual and be in the shallows. But the things he's calling us to be and do in this time are in the deep. So what I want you to hear me say to you and let the Spirit of God work this in you, that your fellowship... 
And your intimacy and your hearing is already yours. Take the pressure off. Stop beating yourself up. There is therefore now no condemnation. Why? You're already in him. Somebody say amen. Amen. Thank you. Makes me feel better. (laughs) You can't earn fellowship, but you can develop it. What I love about Jesus is that everything he did, he did to put us back in intimacy with him. It's like Jesus, the head of the church, is going, just believe the work I did and you'll have it. Just believe, just believe my finished work. So I think what I want to say to you this morning is um, what I hear in my spirit is that we're sort of in a day of reckoning about our intimacy with God. Where God is inviting us into a place with him to really be honest about it. Reckoning, it means to account, take a pause and and take an account of. Take an account of your intimacy with God. I have a friend of mine that pastored for a number of years in Florida. And he told me he was walking through his church, um, praying for the Sunday morning service on a Saturday. And he's just praying and declaring and And he said, all of a sudden, he heard the Lord speak to him. And the Lord said, you know, you and I have a really good working relationship. And he said, I just smiled so big. And I said, oh, Lord, thank you. We do. And the Lord said, but that's all it is. And he said, I I died to know you and for you to know me. He said, I just fell to my knees. Church, we have to come to grips with all of our spiritual activity and say, is there intimacy? Because intimacy is all that really birth things. I hear like this call coming out of heaven that we need to take account. And to live each day out of an awareness of that intimacy changes the way we live. I wrote um, this down. Living each day out of an awareness of intimacy means this. I live each day going, wherever I go today and whatever I do, I have his ring on my finger. I've taken his name. I vowed to be in covenant with him. That changes places I can go and places I can't go. It changes things I can say and things I can't say. 
it butts up against me just going through the motions with him when I'm aware of these things speaking to me. This morning as I was getting ready to come here, I was kind of laughing because as I was putting on my jewelry, I put on this ring and um, it cost about $1.50. If you could see it up close, it has a dolphin on it and some kind of plastic thing that's about to fall out. And my nephew, uh, six-year-old Noah, Noah James Tringale, gave me this for Christmas. This was the first year that it's kind of dawned on Noah about giving gifts, you know, at Christmas. And he, it was the first time it dawned on him, and he got so excited about it. And I work extra hard all year long at making sure that I am their favorite aunt. And I have serious competition. And I travel all the time. So Amazon makes sure that I am their favorite aunt. I mean, I have done ridiculous things. I have sent them life-size Darth Vader's that talk, that come in their room. It's like, oh, are those the new Nikes? Okay, just tell me your size. I mean, it's pitiful. But... I've developed, I play with them. I mean, I'm exhausted after family holidays because I'm going to play all the games. I'm going to do the hide and seek because I want that relationship with them. So Noah's all excited about giving gifts and, and um, his mama told me that he was so excited. They had this little, you know, gift shop at school like they do where they get to go in and get things. And, and he said, Mom, Aunt Jen always gets me the greatest toys, and I'm buying Aunt Jen a gift this year. And so he goes in his little, and he buys me this little dolphin ring. So Christmas morning, it's absolute chaos. You know, big Italian family, everybody at the same time. There's nothing sentimental about it, just paper flying. And uh, here comes six-year-old Noah, leaves all his gifts, and he's got this serious face. And he's an intense kid. He's all boy. And he comes and he goes, Aunt Jen, this one is for you. I know. I'm like, here's all my money. Just, I don't even care. Just take it all. I said, oh, Noah. And his mom and dad are kind of watching. So I open this and I see this ring and he's just looking at me. And I'm like, Noah, you gave me a ring. And I just hug him, you know, and he's just beaming, smiling. So, fast forward to last week. I'm on the road, and Noah got one of those um, iPads with kid stuff on it, but he's allowed to FaceTime family members at his will. Thank you, parents of Noah. (laughs) So, I'm on the road, and I get this FaceTime call, and it's not really a good time. I'm in the car with somebody, so I don't answer it. 30 seconds later, he calls again, and I'm like, no. So I'm like, could you excuse me for a minute? So I answer it, and there's Noah's little face up in the, and he's telling me his tooth fell out, and he's so excited. I said, buddy, I said, I'll call you back when I get to the hotel, but I'm in the car with somebody, and I got to go. And he goes, okay. And he goes, wait, Aunt Jen. And I said, yeah. He goes, do you have on my ring?
I'm staring at this little face. And I don't have his ring on. And in his little boy heart, what he's saying is, you know, there was a thing between us. And I, and I gave you a gift, Aunt Jen. And it's just special between me and you. And are you still aware of it? And are you still aware of me? You better believe every morning I've been putting on this dolphin ring <laughs> in case I get a, a FaceTime call from Noah. <laughs> People are like, wow, that's really... You got great taste, Jen. <laughs> Thanks. But I think about that with the Spirit of God in you and me. To live, I've got his ring on my finger. I've taken his name. I, I claim his name. I use his name. But do we have intimacy? Does the name come out of that place when I use it? Are there places that I go and things that I say that offend our intimacy? I watch right now in this time that we're living in and it seems like the enemy's counterfeit for intimacy, and I want you to hear me out on this, is the spirit of fear. Remember what it said of Job, the thing he feared came upon him? Do you know that that fear was harbored in intimate places in him? That's what the spirit of fear does. It works what do we say? In the back of our mind. It's trying to get into the deep. If you allow the spirit of fear and you fellowship with what that fear is trying to get you to believe, you'll give birth to things out of the wrong spirit. That's what Job did. See, you and I were redesigned to work with the spirit of faith when we got saved in Christ. It's when the spirit of faith comes upon those seeds in the deep that what God's made you to be and do emerges. But if we open the door and we let fear, intimacy with fear, work on us, fear is like a soul tie to the world. And if we let that fear in there, it will contaminate your faith. Faith, fear tolerated is faith contaminated. And anything that's contaminated can't produce. The Bible talks about this. I, will, I won't turn you there for the sake of time, but it talks about in the last days all these things that will happen, and it winds up with saying, and men's hearts will fail, fail them 
for fear. It says it'll fail them for the fear of things that they're seeing come on the earth. We really just watched this play out right at the beginning of 2023 on national television with that young athlete, Damar. Top of his game. Stellar. Right there on national TV. Buffalo Bills, Damar Hamlin. Falls. Drops. They come rushing out. And we all watch as they administer CPR trying to resuscitate him. And I I mean, a lot has been said about the prayer that went up for that young man. How amazing was that to see? And here they want to tell us we're not a Christian nation. Nobody believes in prayer. Nobody told all those people to pray. That's not really what I want to talk about, as wonderful as that is. In the, the days and the weeks preceding, what we've seen and what we've heard is fear coming on people. They've said that they had to send in counselors to a lot of the NFL players. They're saying, I can't get that scene out of my head of Damar just on his back, lifeless, motionless. Grown men are saying, I, I, I'm going in and out of crying. I don't, I don't know what to do because in the back of their mind, their enemy is saying, if it could happen to him, it could happen to me. And there's the play for the intimacy of the deep to birth things out of fear instead of faith. And the only way that you are going to inoculate yourself living in these days as we see things come upon the earth is to do the opposite of what Job did. Job said, the thing that I feared came upon me. But then over in the New Testament, we have this scene playing out with Mary where the word of the Lord comes out of the deep in her and she says to the angel, how will these things be? He said, I'll tell you right now, fear's not coming on you. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. Fear's not meant to come upon you. The Spirit of God is meant to come upon you. And when he does and when it does, what's in the deep of you comes out of you. Our holy inoculation from the things we're playing out around us is going to come out of every day. We live out of intimacy with him and we set aside a place and a space when and where the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It must be a daily thing. That's how you bust out of your house going, I'm living in an awareness that I have his ring on my finger, that I've taken his name and I'm in covenant with him. I don't care if it's in your prayer closet or in your car or if it's at the beginning of the day or the end of the day, but it's somewhere, someplace. You've got to create a space when the spirit of God comes upon you. Wow, wow, wow. My heart, my hope, and my prayer for you is that this word that I believe God is not just speaking to the body of Christ, but it's something that he is whispering to you, that there is a coming to the table in spirit and in truth to reckon with our intimacy with him, that this is paramount to who we are 
This is paramount to our Christian life, but it's paramount to our life. And that the fulfillment of all that God desires for us and has promised for us lies within the substance of our intimacy with Him. Maybe some of you are like me and you grew up in the church world and around church and what a tremendous blessing that that is. But if we're not careful, the systems and the environment and the atmosphere and the humanity of gathering as the church body, the mantras and the ebb and the flow can easily slip into that place where only intimacy with Jesus is meant to be. And it takes a brave heart to be able to look honestly and say, Father, where do you find me? Where do we find one another? And maybe it's time to reckon, take account of your truth, your intimacy with him, and get things back into alignment. Let me pray this word over you. Father, I thank you that you are ever pursuing us. You are the great pursuer. And even in places as these, Lord, where you call us to the table, you call us to live in spirit and in truth with you. That even in these moments, there's not a shred of condemnation. There is just your invitation and your grace to meet us in this place and draw us into this fellowship of intimacy with you that you have given us as this precious gift. Father, forgive us for places where we have settled for something that is synthetic, that is a substitute for the treasure of intimacy with you. I pray that you would teach us, teach us how to walk with you in this spectacular, supernatural way. Teach us personally, teach us intimately. Father, that there would not be any place in our lives where there would be the form of you, but denying the power of you. We thank you, Father. We love you and we trust you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I want to thank you again for listening to the podcast this month. And if you are a regular listener, we just thank you so much. My heart's desire is that this would continue to be a right-on-time word, just in the right season for what you are walking out and facing. That's really the call of this ministry, to help you walk in the fullness of the purpose of God, to awaken destiny in the heart of a person, upon a church, a city, a state, even a nation. If you're looking for some more tools and resources to help you, I want to invite you to visit my website at jentringale.com. There you'll find tools, books, resources, messages, You can also find more messages on my YouTube channel under Jen Trangale. Well, I pray that you have a great week, and I will see you back here next time. Bye-bye.